I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You are listening to another episode of Fast Women. Thank you for joining us. We are on the road this week. Nicole has been traveling. I have been traveling. And I'm about to go back traveling again. And so are you, Nicole. We're just we're just yeah. out and about. Like, that's just what we do right now. We just go places and do things. We do. We're never home. We're never home. But it's also not unlike the rest of our lives. So we say that like, like oh, well, this week we're actually not traveling. It's more of like a surprise to people i guess yeah that's that's the the anomaly is more we're home and if both of us are home for the whole week has it ever happened i don't think it has i i I don't think it has but i will say this like you and i have built out our calendar through december and we are on the road pretty much every week through the through christmas that's just we're looking at looking ahead and there's some exciting stuff coming i mean there's 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 cool stuff you're going to vietnam which is very exciting yeah, I should be going to Vietnam in September, which should be cool for uh, VinFast, which will be an interesting experience. So I have that coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I'm going back to Spain. I'm going to England. There's there's some cool stuff coming in addition to all of the U.S. travel we're slated for, which is no small potatoes. Yes. Um, living, on a, living on a wing, a prayer, and a plane. I think that's what we're yes. doing right now. Um, but last week, you did not get on a plane. You, you road no. tripped. I did not get on a plane. I was road tripping. So Nissan reached out to me and said, hey. And I I said, yeah. And they said, do you (laughs) want to go on a little road trip in the Nissan Rogue uh, from my home, southern New Hampshire, to uh, base to Lake Saranac, which is like by Lake Placid. So it's it's Saranac Lake. Oh, Sarah. Okay, fine. Whatever. My family's from up there. So like we we used to go there. That's the only reason I'm correcting you is because my great aunt's going to cry. Saranac Lake, which which (laughs) is by Lake Placid. Lake Placid is Lake Placid. The other one is Saranac Lake. Consistency, people. Anyway. So we asked if we wanted to road trip up. And the reason they wanted us to road trip up there was because the Rogue isn't all new, but the engine is. It has a 1.5 liter uh, VC turbo. It's a three-cylinder, 200 horsepower, 225 pound-feet of torque. So it's a new, better engine that was in it before. Um, and they're like, you get to try out that engine on a road trip up there, and you can bring someone. Well, I couldn't get my husband couldn't take two days off from work because it was a Sunday to a Tuesday situation. But my 18-year-old daughter, who I am dropping off at college in mere days from when I'm recording this, and I could cry. Um, she was able to come with me, which was fantastic because I got to have a really fun road trip adventure with her. And it was very cool to drive with her. So we had we had a couple of missions. We had a couple of missions. The main mission was to stop at coffee shops for coffee and pastry because she's like us that way, Eileen. Coffee, pastry, good things. We also wanted to stop at some independent bookstores because we both really like to read. And if you're someone who likes books, walking into a Barnes and Noble is one thing. Walking into a random bookstore on Main Street in some small town is something entirely different. You never really know what you're going to find, especially if you're looking for anything local. You will find more books about the region you're in than you will anyplace else if you're looking to explore but you also sometimes just find weird and quirky like what that bookstore thinks is worth buying that's what they bought uh we did find a couple of bookstores we did find um a couple of coffee shops the one that we went to up when we got up there was called the bookstore plus a lovely little shop we stopped there uh it was right along sort of the main strip there and it was fantastic we wandered around for like an hour 
we bought some books up there. And on the way up, we also stopped um, at several coffee shops and bookstores along the way. And we stopped at one of my favorite places, Eileen. We stopped at King Arthur Flower. That is, that is kind of your baking mecca. It is. It's a fantastic <laughs> spot. It really, like, if you're not even into baking, but you're into eating well, and you're in yes. that part of New Hampshire that's like by Dartmouth and kind of right there on the river, it's it's fantastic. It is yeah, so it's it's just a little ways over the border in Vermont from, you know, if you're in that Dartmouth area. The thing is, it's like, it's a great road trip stop because it has really great food. You can get like sandwiches and little pizzas and, you know, like think cafe food, amazing pastries, great coffee. If you want to buy every kind of flour or ingredient for baking, you can ever want it's there. But the spot it's in is beautiful. And they have this whole like courtyard sort of out behind it. You can sit up there. It's very dog friendly out there. People sit up there. The kids are running around on the lawn. It's a great place. Just stop, take a break, get something good to eat, and then just enjoy the view. It's a, it's one of the most beautiful locations for like a bakery that you will ever find. So we stopped there and we got a lovely chocolate croissant. It was delicious. The last time I was there was in a driving snowstorm and it was dinner well, time. But you know what? I will say this. So it was like dinner time and it was like there wasn't a lot open because of the snowstorm and it was a really genuinely bad snowstorm. Um, yeah. But we stopped there and they had hot soup and with bread. <gasps> And I was just like, this is what I want out of my little rural Vermont yes. experience. So I, I, you know, I bought flour and things like that, but I also was like, oh, soup and bread. Like I, I'm down for that. Like, right. Yeah. I can just, yeah, so they're great. So as we were driving up, that was our first stop. And then we wandered a little bit and we found, uh, we, you know, trying to find bookstores, trying to find coffee. And at the last spot we went to, we, I, I pulled up the fancy my phone because it's 2022 and one uses technology. And I had said, take me to um, Lake Flower Drive, I think it was, which is where the Saranac Lake Hotel, I got to say it right now because now I'm all pressured that I'm going to say the name of the place wrong. They call it the Hotel Saranac. So I don't even have to worry about the lake part. It's Hotel Saranac. It's a Hilton property um, and it's right there. So we, it's on a Lake Flower is the name of the road. Do you know what else is really close to Lake Flower? I mean, what is that? Lake Fletcher. Oh, where's so Lake Fletcher? I'm guessing so it's not if, where Lake Flower is. Yeah. So if you're like glance, you're like Lake Flower and it's sort of still populating and you hit it, and you don't look, you may accidentally pick someplace called Lake Fletcher. Heads up, Lake Fletcher didn't quite get there. It's somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Vermont, but it was amazing. It was that moment like it was kind of what makes road trips so fun. We're driving. It's this beautiful farmland. There's all these barns. We decided someday we're going to buy a barn. We're going to turn it into a house, like convert an old, those big old barns and make it into a house. It would be amazing. Driving along. We drive through this. We're going, and then all of a sudden we're on a dirt road. I'm like, I feel like we should be not on a dirt road as close as the hotel is supposed to be, according to my, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait. Have I not selected the right? And sure enough, I pull over, I realize I have selected the wrong thing. And we've gone 45 minutes in exactly the wrong direction. I was, it happens. Um, so I, it was hysterical. We were laughing. I mean, because honestly, some of the best drive that we have was wandering through this up to wherever Lake Fletcher Road is in whatever town it was in. Because once I realized it was wrong, I stopped navigation and set myself back towards Lake Flower, which is where the hotel uh, Saranac Hilton was. Um, so it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a crazy adventure. Um, and it wasn't quite what we expected, but, um, yeah. So then we got ourselves turned back around 
headed ourselves towards the hotel. And the thing was driving this, I mean, it's kind of a long drive. It's supposed to be about four hours long. Um, it wasn't quite four hours. It was, it was more like, um, it was more like four and a half, five, maybe been more like five hours. I mean, have you ever managed to do that? Go totally the wrong way. I have. Usually I'm, I'm not the one doing the navigating when that happens, but we're not going to get into that because I would like to stay married. Um, and he listens. To yeah, the there you go. I will say, so <laughs> as you're talking, I am Googling Lake Fletcher. Um, it's not a Googleable thing. It's, it's, I'm like Lake Fletcher, Vermont, Lake Fletcher, New York. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about the pleasant Northwest corner of Vermont on the East shore of Lake Champlain. I, I, I cannot tell though. It's, 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 it's really, it's not a, not a, not a place most people go. I don't think people are getting lost often going to Saranac Lake and going to Lake Fletcher instead. But, um, I, I don't know how you did that. I commend you for, for finding Lake Fletcher because I can't find it with the Google. Yeah, so I found it. And actually, I have to correct, I have the wrong name for the hotel. It's actually, I'm going to get the hotel name right one of these days. It's just going to be what I'm saying. Hotel Star is actually the Saranac Waterfront Lodge is where we stayed. Well, that sounds much better than just Hotel Saranac. I know, but you know the funny thing? The reason I'm like, what, I had Hotel Saranac in my head is because there's a story behind it. Have you heard of this? You who is from the, from the area who vacationed there, who lived there, have you heard of the Hotel Saranac? I have been to Saranac Lake. I have heard of the beer from the region. I have not. Uh, okay. in because our family was there. So like we never stayed in hotels. So tell me your story. Okay. So that's why I had that in my head. So it was actually the Saranac. Yeah, it was the Saranac waterfront lodge that we stayed at. Hotel Saranac, which you can see right across the way is an older hotel. It's haunted, Eileen. It's haunted? It's haunted. Who is it so, haunted by? Um, apparently a ancestors? dog. Oh. There's a dog that people said, no, also a caregiver that used to like one of the caretakers that used to stay there. Also, who's haunting the hotel. Um, and so, there's something about another woman, I think some woman or something. Anyway, it's supposedly haunted. Don't roll your eyes at me. It is supposedly haunted. I mean, some ghost hunter show is coming to the place. It was like, we had signals that maybe there's spirits. That are, yeah, so I decided to go to this with my daughter. And it's like the most boring hotel I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, this feels not even old. It feels like it's, it feels like it's new. So instead, I focused on something else. So the sign which says Hotel Saranac. Hotel is on top and the word Saranac is on the bottom. And when it burns out, it burns out like not top to bottom. It burns out left to right. So when it burns out, sometimes it just says Hot Sarah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe Hot Sarah is the name of that mysterious woman who's haunting it. We don't know. I will say, I feel like though, if you're going to like go and you're just going to show up at the hotel and were you like, excuse me, ghosts, I'm here. Please reveal yourself. Like, how does yeah. that work? How did you poke around in the, in the, I don't know. I, I feel like we have hotel? to, I, I got to stay there. Like somehow I have to stay there because it's, and, and there were some, some of the people from the program that were sort of support folks, a couple of them were staying there. And I don't think he said he felt anything or heard anything spooky, but I, I just want to call it the hot. So you can even buy like stuff, like a hat or something. It's his hot Sarah. Like that's sort of big <laughs> thing. That they they're embracing the fact that they, if they're not the hotel, Sarah, not on occasion, they are just, Hot Sarah. That's I'm it. actually I like that better than the haunted angle. I feel like that is more kitschy and fun. Um, right? They should they should explore that. But we uh, that was the haunted hotel. We stayed at the Saranac Waterfront Lodge, which was a lovely hotel. It was not haunted, uh, in no way haunted, uh, and it was right on the water. We even went for like a pontoon boat ride in the evening, which was kind of cool. Um, and they have like you can rent canoes and you can rent. It's like a nice little non haunted family friendly place to stay, as opposed to Hot Sarah which is supposedly haunted because now I want to stay there. I'm kind of wishing we'd stayed at hot Sarah. 
Well, I mean, you can always go back with your husband and stay with hot. I bet if you said, I bet if you said to your husband, honey, I would really like take you to hot Sarah and you and I can spend the night at hot Sarah. He'd be like, I am in no questions asked. I am in. I am on it. While hot Sarah is haunted, but your hotel wasn't, um, you did go through a bit of evil that you texted me about. So I want to hear about that. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get back to break. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, you are back with Fast Women. I am Eileen, and Nicole's on the other Hi, side. Nicole. And nope. she is waiting to tell us about, she. if you remember, if you listened to the podcast and you heard about the F-150 Lightning that we drove, and we went through the miasma yeah. of evil in Texas. Yeah. Nicole has found a new miasma of evil, and it's yeah. somewhere in New England. Nicole, take us away and tell us about it. Okay, so when we went the wrong way in Vermont, which is totally my fault, um, we turned ourselves around and it was all through these really back roads because we kind of gotten ourselves into the middle of nowhere in Vermont to come back to where we needed to go. And so the towns were kind of cute. And then all of a sudden there was this one that was like, it was creepy. I mean, it was just like that. It was like the northern outpost of the miasma of evil. And I do know the name of the town and I'm not going to throw this town under the bus. I'm not going to say the name of this town. So you're going to have to like, just I'll have to tell you off air. So we go through this town, this teeny little town. There's a really cute sign, but then you go in and like, it was, it was eerily cold because we had the windows open. Like the temperature literally drops. Remember that's a sign for spirits as the guys found at hot Sarah hotel. Um, <laughs> Right. So now, so it's colder. So like, okay, spirits are lurking. And as we're driving through here, really there, it's a tiny little nothing. It's a teeny tiny little town, like not a lot going on in this town, but there are cemeteries everywhere, like huge cemeteries. You know, the kind of cemeteries you find in a major city with like thousands, huge cemeteries. I mean, and I'm like, you know why that is? And my daughter's like, because it's evil. Like everyone's it was creepy. You described it as being like Stranger Things, which I've never seen, but I think yes. people who listen to this podcast might actually understand. So there's something about schools you were telling me about? Yeah. So I felt like it was like my daughter who is 18 said, mom, it's like we've walked, we've drive, driven into Hawkins. Like this is Stranger Things. We're right here. It's like, if you watched the last season, we were like in the trailer park, but it was driving through this town. Like it felt like this was the center of all things evil. So we're driving and she's literally just said, it's like we're in Hawkins and we drive by the high school and across from the high school gets what is the on the other side of the road across from the high school another giant cemetery and I'm like well given that the kids in hawkins are always getting into trouble for calling on that theme from stranger things isn't this convenient i felt like there were more there were more miles of cemetery in this town than there was actual i don't know what's the, happening the bodies per capita index was very high Yes, it was very high. And then on the way back, even so we went back through the same town on our way out. It turns out it was part of the route that I was supposed to drive on. So we go through it on the way back. Once again, there's this time, this time, Eileen, there's actually mist. It's like the temperature drops again. There's a storm cloud over it. It's mist. When we got to the other side of town, sunny. It is the northern miasma of evil. 
And there was a stop sign in the middle of town. Kit's like, you roll through that stop sign. Don't you dare stop. Because if we stop here, we're going to die here. I'm like, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looks good. We're going. I, I appreciate the fact your daughter is like, oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. we can't stop here. She was like, no, she's a smart kid. She's like, no, we we do not stop here, mom. You do not stop for anything. Anybody waving on the side of the road needs help. We go to, we get self-service again and we will call for help. We are not stopping in this town. <laughs> well, I will say, I look forward to finding the Western outpost of the miasma of evil with you since you've now found the Eastern and the Southern. Right, part. so we have the Southern, we have the Eastern. At some point we will have, I'm sure there's a Western version of it that one of us will at some point stop stumble upon and it will it yeah we're definitely gonna find it but the little That's rogue was fantastic little rogue got us through the miasma evil northern edition it got us back and forth to the hotel it was fantastic driving around it was super comfy i gotta say i love the zero gravity seats that nissan has they're like it sounds like marketing mumbo jumbo it sounds like it's like a oh, zero gravity seats whatever the seats are comfy they're really they're good. Really good. They're good in the last generation. They're good in this generation. You and I have driven on zero gravity seats all over the United States, pretty much. We have. And and they're fantastic. They're co-developed with NASA using NASA technology. And honestly, if I was looking for an SUV and I, I spent a lot of time on the road, that would be a reason I would look harder at Nissan. For I sure. feel like it's whether that whether you're looking for like a road trip car because you're going places with families like the rogue is great for that you could totally go on a road trip with your family um or if you're just someone who has and no one commutes anymore right like everyone's you know workforce all up in arms but if you have a daily commute where you have a long commute it's a great car for a commute and you can get it with all-wheel drive so if you're living somewhere where it's snowy you can make sure you get where you need to go and if you don't need it you know you can save a few bucks and go with front-wheel drive but it's um and it gets great fuel economy too so i mean it's a great deal it's it's well priced it has a good range of features it's super comfortable and the new engine actually makes it better it's not like this giant leap forward but it is enough of a leap forward that you think okay this is fun to drive now and i was taking it up mountains i took it up this place called face mountain um white face i see white happen face. to find white face other note also known as ice face because of the direction it faces it gets very icy in the winter it's very tough skiing it's east coast skiing but that's beside the point i i've my, my, this is fun. I actually grew up, my whole family is from that area. Um, grew up going to the bobsled runs there and spending time bobsled Ooh. running and do, like, bobsledding like that. So like I grew up winter sportsing around there. So yeah. Winter sportsing. Is that a word? Winter is, sportsing. It is now and I'm not even drinking. Yeah. Hey, go Eileen. So we did not do any winter sportsing, but we did drive up to the top of this mountain, which was really cool because you see storms go in. A storm came in. It started to dump rain and literally we watched the clouds just whoosh into the mountain, ran to the car, sat eating the food that we got from the food truck at the top of the mountain, sat in the car, ate that, watched the mountain, watched the mountain get totally covered by rain and snow, uh, rain and um, fog. And then very just as quickly, poof, it's sunny again, open the sunroof, open the windows and drop back down the mountain which was beautiful. It was a beautiful drive. Really, really lovely drive. So since you like the Rogue so much, I would like to ask you if you would prefer yes. the Rogue over the following vehicles, yay or nay? Oh God. Oh no, this is pressure. Okay. This is very big pressure. Nissan Rogue or Ford Escape? I like the Rogue better. I do too. I, I don't care for the Escape. You and I, you and I yeah. drove that through Kentucky and we were not thrilled with it. Um, the Escape. <laughs> I can't, we also can't call it the Ford Escape because I've watched uh, Fighting Game way too many times when the girls were little. So it's the Ford Escape. The Ford Escape, which makes it sound far mm -hmm. more exotic than it is. Uh, and you're the Ford Cougar, which sounds slightly better, but it doesn't have an E at the beginning. So we can't call it that in yeah. the US. Um, all right. Nissan Rogue or the Mazda CX-5? 
Oh, okay. See, Mazda's really like sexy. Like they're really upscale and they're snazzy. And I don't know, my buying this for me, do I have a family? What am I doing here? I need I would, caveats I, for that one. You're the average, this is, I'm totally taking the off-road on this. You are the average compact SUV buyer. You've got 2.1 kids. No, like 1.7 kids. You've got a pet. You're you're not commuting, but you're just kind of driving around town, taking the kids to sport events. Like, like you're the average stay-at-home mom. Also, I think I'm going to be on again. I think I would buy this the Mazda if I was looking for something that had really sporty, sportier handling, a little bit more of a luxury vibe, a little bit more refinement. But if I want a car that I know I can put the kids in, and then what they do, all the stuff that kids do to cars, Cheerios and orange slices and muddy boots, and then the dog which has everything except for the Cheerios and orange slices. They make just as much of a mess. I would rather have a Rogue because it'll survive it. All right. Nissan Rogue or Hyundai. I was like, whoa, what am I saying? The Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe. Oh, that's trickier. I don't know. Okay, I might go Santa Fe on that one because I think the inside, the top trims. Okay, I'm going highest trim level. Okay. I think perhaps the highest trim level of the Santa Fe is fancier pants than the highest trim level of the Rogue. What do you think? I think that's a tough one. I really do. I think that's that a tough one. That was hard. That, that was a really tough one. I do think, I think they're very close. I, yeah. not, I like this more powerful Santa Fe engine mm. than I do the Rogue engine, especially that that VC Turbo it's just got yeah. way too much turbo lag, especially when you're on the highway. Um, yeah. I do think that's really tight, though. Like, that's that to me is that that's really close. I feel like with those two, it's like, okay, so now, like, if someone was asking me and they were shopping for those two, it's like, you know what? You got to go drive them both and yeah. see which one you personally like better because they're so close. They're close. Those are close. So now I'm going to ask you about an off-roader, the Nissan Rogue or the Jeep Cherokee. Not Grand Cherokee. This is the older, hasn't been refreshed yet. Cherokee. Do I off-road? Am I now off-roading? No, no, family? no. You're, you're still mom. You're still mom with your 1.7 kids and your dog and your and your stay-at-home-ness. Okay, now I'm going to go pretty solidly Jeep, Cher- Jeep Cherokee. I've invented a car. Jeep Cherokee um, because I live in the Northeast, so we do get really miserable weather, and I feel like there's not a heck of a lot that Cherokee will get stuck in. It's the capability of that. I would that appeals to me as someone who lives in New England where there's snow and ice. And I I, I like the get through it, the mud, the water, the snow, the slush. I, the rogue can do that too. It's not that it can't, but all things being equal, winter weather wise, I t- I take the Jeep, especially the Trailhawk. Yeah, the Cherokee and it's four by four. Yeah. The rogue and all wheel drive. I get that. All right. Now the top two sellers in that segment are the Toyota Rav four and the Honda CRV. So I'll ask you this. Would you rather have a Nissan Rogue, a Toyota RAV4, or a Honda CRV? Wait, and we're not Nissan talking Rogue. about the, we're not talking about the Wait. CRV that just came out. We are talking about the one that's been on sale. So the last gen as opposed to the one that's about to go on sale. So it's Rogue, CRV, or RAV4 Four. I have to pick from? Yeah. You and I have spent uh, more time in the RAV4 and Rogue than we have the CRV. I've spent more time in the CRV than you have. But Okay, CR- CRV, sorry, Honda, CRV is going to be my last pick. Because it's the current gen CRV and it's about to re- be redone. Correct. So I feel like I would say no. So like, ask me that question again after the new CRV is out and I might have a different answer. Um, but between RAV4 and Rogue? Oh, could you say RAV4 Prime or does that not count? Oh, I think the RAV4 Prime is a compelling question. However, it is like $20,000 more. 
Okay, but you didn't. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, I, do, so, yeah, I do think I do think that that makes a compelling argument though, because the Rav Four Prime is a no. heck of a vehicle. That's a plug-in yeah. hybrid electric vehicle. It is got more horsepower. It's more fun to drive, but it still has those seats. It still has that interior. It still has that infotainment system. Oh God, that's really hard. No, I think I think Rogue's going to win that one. I, the Rav Four Prime could potentially sway me, but you know, twenty grand more. But the Rogue just doesn't need any. I don't need to like have a trisail only in this trim only in that trim only in the other trim i would just go with the rogue i like the rogue i overall i like the rogue it's a good vehicle i would i would have no problem buying one genuinely and parking it in my driveway i like the rogue well i think that solves the problem the rogue is fantastic um we're gonna talk a little bit about a new vehicle that came out a bunch of new vehicles that are coming out which about bringing old names back the rogue is not an old name no no but there's some other names that are old that they've brought back recently and we're going to kind of talk about where that sits when we come back from break carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car that's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we are back. I am Eileen and I'm going about to ask Nicole what she thinks about the Dodge Hornet. The Dodge Hornet, that new beautiful... Huh? Beautiful question mark SUV <laughs> that just got revealed. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna get it. It's fine. Yeah, and I think that's. I'm gonna say this: when you're like in the car with your spouse, or and they're like, or your significant other, and they're like, "Where do you want to?" or "How are you?" and you say, "I'm fine." And they're like, that doesn't answer my question, but I know not to ask any more questions. But right. I'm trying to mean a I, lot of things. Yeah. It could mean you're in big, big, big trouble. <laughs> yeah, it could be like, oh, we are not going to dinner together. It is best to take me home and you go to the other side of the house. Um, right. But in this respect, Dodge Hornet, it's it's a Dodge. Like, I feel like it's a Dodge. Like, I feel like it's a good replacement for their SUV lineup that they needed based on the Tonale, which is mm-hmm. an Alfa Romeo, which is fine um it it's just, it, it is completely unlike the charger challenger it's complete but it's still a dodge and there's nothing wrong with that is there no i think it's i i i need to drive this i know I, it's like sometimes i see a vehicle and i'm thinking i i don't know sometimes I see it and i think right away i'm like i'm gonna like this i'm gonna love this i'm gonna hate this i'm i'm eh on the hornet what do you think like i feel like i need some time behind the wheel to know if i'm gonna like this yeah I, also i don't like the name i know it's an old vintage name but i don't want to drive anything named after a thing that will sting me that's fair that's really <laughs> fair I'm, I'm okay with that like i don't i don't yeah like i don't want to i don't want to drive like the cadillac wasp but if it was yeah. Cadillac, it'd have to be the wasp qua because it would have to end with a q that no one wants to pronounce the the wasp qua. <laughs> yeah like i don't want to drive that so i'm that's fair i'm gonna give you that i'm gonna feel like or like the, the, the cadillac like roving horde of borers like i don't want to do that either so yeah right? i think that's fair i do th- i do think i want to drive it though i want to know if it feels like it belongs in the brand that has the brotherhood of muscle like that's my question yeah because i mean I, you know what i'm gonna say it probably does because really i mean dodge's thing 
is the brotherhood of muscle that they're going to build cars that are powerful and in your face and stupid in the best ways possible, like stupid in a way that you love them, but they're still ridiculous. Um, and I feel like why would they drop the ball on that for the Hornet? I feel like it's going to, it has to lead with that. It has to stick to stay true to that or people are going to be disappointed and feel like it's a little bit of a, a little betrayal. Don't you think? I, I agree with that. I think that Dodge is in it, big evolution happening um, with mm-hmm. electrification and electric vehicles. And I think that the way Dodge translates to the future is very important for them. And it's going to be very interesting to watch because yeah. they're really the brand that has been known by its engines. I mean, you can talk about Cadillac being known by their engines, but when it comes to Cadillac, you're t- modern Cadillac, you're talking about elegance and you're talking about performance right. and elegance and all of that. But known for engines, I mean, besides supercars, that's Dodge. And that's Dodge for a large number of people. Dodge still sells a lot of Chargers and a lot of Challengers, despite the fact that cars are out of fashion and despite the fact the market is not is not there for new vehicles in a lot of ways because of different challenges. So I, I really am interested to tune in and see what Dodge is doing. Um, I'm, I'm kind of agnostic on the Hornet. I, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, I get why they did it, but I'm just, I, I'm kind of, yeah, I just don't care. Honestly, I just don't care about it. I'm it's fine. And, I, and, I, and I like, you know, as I mean, I have a charger in the garage, so I like the Dodge brand. That's my, it's an older charger. It's not a fancy pants one. It's not like a Hellcat or anything crazy. I have a friend who just bought a Hellcat Challenger. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's the most powerful car he's ever driven. And I'm like, oh, dear God, Chris, please don't wrap that around a tree. Please. Yeah, please it's don't. a lot of horsepower. Like that's over 700 horsepower. And, That's what's really interesting about electrification is you can get a lot of horsepower up front, but can people drive it? And that's the whole thing. Like we're giving people the keys and you you can go out and buy this. Like you can totally do it. Can they drive it? Do I want my 16 year old driving my 800 horsepower BMW or my 700 horsepower Challenger? Like with great power comes great responsibility. And that's like, like, like like the brother, that should be the new tagline with the brotherhood of muscle with great power (laughs) comes great responsibility. Like that's, that's, that's where we are. And so, as much as I don't care about the Dodge Hornet, it is what it is. I'm really interested to watch that transition through electrification and to watch Dodge do it. I hope, right? Um, they're certainly getting. I think they'll do it. Yeah, they've got a lot. Of I think they're going to do it right. Yeah, I have. I have confidence in them. I. I feel like I haven't seen enough about the Hornet. I haven't driven it, so I don't really know yet. So it makes me a little bit. Mm, I don't know question marks. But I, I, there's nothing that Dodge has revealed in the last I don't know however many years that I've looked at when when they actually get behind the wheel that I'm like, oh, this is disappointing. This isn't what I thought. This is this is not true to the Dodge brand. Every single vehicle, everything they've done when they've come new versions of the, you know, they've done the Demon and they did the Hellcat and they, they you know, they've done wide bodies and all these things that they've done. Every time they do it, you're like, cool, cool, cool. Everything stays true to the brand. So I can't imagine this won't. So speaking of staying true to the brand, I was up in Detroit a few weeks ago. Uh, to see the Bronco family, as I do. I, I saw actually two things. I saw the Maverick Tremor, which is a fantastic kind of step-up off-roading vehicle. Um, Maverick truck, it just takes it a bunch further. Maverick Tremor's fantastic. Um, it doesn't sound like they're going to do a Maverick uh, Raptor. It sounds like this is the Tremors, kind of the highest you're going to be able to get. That's it. Um, but I think it's good. Like, I'm really looking forward to driving it, taking it on some. I, I, I think it's, you know, obviously going to be more for trail driving than anything else. I don't see, you know, right. heavy duty off-roading. But I'm honestly, I want to drive it. I want to see. I think it's going to be fun. Um, Maverick Tremor's great. Look at that. But I went to go see Bronco as much as I went to go see uh, Maverick Tremor. And they did some heritage models. They did 
uh, Heritage Edition and Heritage Limited Edition models on both the Bronco 2 and 4-door as well as the Bronco Sport. And Nicole, right off the bat, ugly or not? I I want to like these. I want to like these, Eileen. And something, the colors just, I know we're going with vintage colors, but they're, I don't know, you saw them in person. I'm looking at the pictures and I, I just, they just didn't pop for me. The the red one, the one that's in red, I liked. I thought the red looked good. Um, and I get the baby blue, like the b- baby blue is kind of like cute, but the yellow? Yeah, the so there's, yellow. A, there's a yellowstone metallic. There's a robin's egg blue, which I was like, well, that's appropriately named. And there is a red that is called race red. Now, so they show the race red on the two-door Bronco. It's got white wheels, white roof, white front grill with, you know, Ford across the grill. Um, it's best in small packages. Like, it's kind of like when you see the Super Crosstrek and it's orange. You're like, that's good for that small car. Race right. red on the two-door is about as good as it gets in these. Um, in person, that yellow, now it's braced on a prairie yellow, prairie metallic, I think it was called, that Ford used to have back in the 60s and 70s. Um, it's better in person under certain light. Which is like a very specific <laughs> thing where you're like, the closer you get to it, the longer you look at. But like, if I'm driving down the road, I don't want someone to be like, oh, that's the color of pee. Like, I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want somebody to be like, that looks like old pee or that looks like vintage pee. Like, I just want regular. Like, like, I, don't want, I don't want somebody to look at my car and be like, oh, honey, that was a choice. Um, and I did ask, and the yellow kind of reminded me of this. But do you know when people have, and you used to have, do you have a Volkswagen Beetle at one point? Or do you, I did have a Volkswagen Beetle. Okay, so that's what I thought. So. Did you ever put eyelashes on your Volkswagen Beetle? No. Thank you. Okay. So, but the, I will say this, the Bronco Sport Heritage Edition and Heritage Limited Edition look like you can put eyelashes on them. I feel like like it's not a brushy far. And I actually jokingly kind of asked and they were like, oh, aftermarket might have those. And I was like, you don't have to satisfy me. I was actually ridiculing you. Um, but it just, it's not, it. I can yeah. totally see that because they've got a little bit of like a, they're not, I mean, the Bronco, I don't think the Bronco, like the Volkswagen Beetle is cute. The Bronco isn't necessarily cute, but those colors are kind of fun. They are fun colors and they're different colors. You can totally see a Bronco sport with eyelashes. eyelashes. I could see that. You know what? As I'm looking at this picture, that would be kind of cute. <laughs> I'm against eyelashes on cars, like just in I general. I feel like but maybe I feel in like... this case, the, the, if you put eyelashes on these, this might actually make me like them more. If somebody wants to take a picture of the Ford Bronco Sport Heritage Limited Edition or Heritage Edition model, Photoshop it with some eyelashes on it, text us uh, on social media, not text. What am I like my father's age saying text us on social media? <laughs> you can tag us on social media at Fast Women Show and we will uh, retweet your lovely photos uh, and share your photos of the Bronco Sport with eyelashes. Um, but yeah, so the other thing I didn't get. And so they say it's got a plaid interior that's inspired by the past. Now, last I checked, plaid Mm -hmm. was like intersections of north, south, east, west, parallel colors and perpendicular colors. That was like Mm -hmm. blue running one way, green running another. And you've got like plaid. Yes. Okay. There is cloth seats that have like squares of color on them. That is like, it looks like a, it it still looks like digital camouflage. Like, I'm just like, I I was like, that's not plaid. Hmm. And like, it's fine, but like, it really, it really, for some ungodly reason, bothers me that they call it plaid. It really does. And I don't know it's why. Not, yeah, it's, I it's, see them. It's, it's, 
It doesn't really, it looks, yeah, stripey, but I don't know that I call it plaid, stripey. I feel like stripey doesn't work for the marketing, though. No, it doesn't. But I will say that the Ford Bronco Heritage uh, Limited Edition that has like the leather seats, the brown leather seats, it's got this white sort of plaid. That, that is plaid. I will give you that. But that one looks cool. That one does have a very vintage vibe to it. I like the leather seats. Whichever one that's in, that's the one to do because that looks really cool. There's also some really cool interior touches for the Bronco Sport uh, model. So if you look at the press photos that they've put up, they've got a robin's egg blue one, which I will say that it looks better in person. It actually, I don't hate the robin's egg blue on the Bronco Sport. It kind of feels like the right vehicle for that. It's got the pinstripe with the Bronco lettering, which is kind I of I do cool love the center. pinstripe. That yeah. looks fantastic. See, there's details in this that I really like yeah like my first impulse is like "Eh, I'm not so sure about this but the that Bronco pinstripe is fabulous so if you go to the inside photos of the Bronco Sport Heritage Edition you'll see that it's got this like blue interior with like a white stripe around it and then like some black I really like that and when it's got those not plaid seats the digital (laughs) plaid seats um and you kind of combine it together with the blue exterior it's like all the different colors of blue make each other pop in the right ways and it's got some of that that rate uh, that red accent to it, and this gray and white accent to it. It works really well. And Bronco Design's been pretty, for me at least, spot on in terms of what they've been doing, whether it be Everglades or Bronco Raptor, or mm-hmm. you know, just just any the Big Bend or Outer Banks or anything they're doing with Bronco. I really like, um, and even Bronco Sports been pretty good. But man, I just I I am torn on these vehicles. Like they're just. I, I don't know. And I mean, I, like I said, I don't want anybody to look at me and think, oh, that's vintage urine. That's what she chose. Um, but it'll be interesting. They're only selling 1,966 of them. So at least they'll be a very limited edition. And it's not like 1,966 yellow, 1,966 blue. It's however the paint orders shake out within there. So I'd be very interested to see how many people actually choose the yellow. Versus which one blue. do you think? Okay, you have to pick. Which one do you think is going to be the, the number one seller? Yellow, blue, or red? Red, a hundred percent. There's actually a darker blue coming as well, a blue color coming, but they're coming like for different model years. Like this is be spaced out through 2024. So, I honestly, if I had to buy one today, it'd be the red one. And if I think most of America would buy it, it would be the red one. I think the red one's going to be the number one. What do you think is going to be the least popular? Oh God, that urine color. Yellow, mm. Yellowstone metallic. <laughs> I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like red. And then there's going to be this blue and then yellow. Yeah. I like think there's going to be a huge gap. I think I, my guess, my vast analyst experience, I'm going to say red's going to rule it. Yeah. So red for Bronco two door and four door probably. And then blue for Bronco sport, I think is probably the way we're going to see that shake out mm-hmm. at least in the near term. Um, but yeah, good photography makes a difference. I will say that you can sell a vehicle on good photography alone for the most part. And not great photos, but also they don't show well. Um, but I will say, I mean, like, it's still just as capable. They didn't change anything about how capable these vehicles are when they made them. Um, so the Bronco is still really cool. Like, that's kind of comes down to, like, I don't want the yellow one, but it's still really cool because it's a Bronco. Yes, and that's it's so it cool. And I, th- I think the idea of doing heritage, heritage editions is cool just because this vehicle has such a history. So it's kind of fun to do that callback to, you know, days past with the Bronco. Speaking of days past, I'm going to an event mm-hmm. next week. I'm going to Monterey Motor Week, which has a bunch of other events in that. So let's break down what those events are. We'll talk about my wardrobe because God knows we all need to know about that. And then we'll come back from that and we will talk about our scorecard, our new feature. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. And we're talking about something I'm actually going to next week called Monterey Motor Week, which means Mm -hmm. that I get to get in a plane and fly all the way across the country to land at the ye olde San Francisco airport, which... (laughs) Uh, among my least favorite airports to kind of spend time in. Um, it's fine. You can actually get a large pizza there and sit and eat it all, which is wh- like what I do when I'm there because that's, I'm pizza. that person. Pizza's well, life. Well, no, it's only like, I'm going to say it's, it's only, it's, a, it's, it's like a medium size for normal people, but it's like a medium size pizza and it's $14 at an airport. And it's really tasty. And that feels like it's a reasonable thing for me to do. So that's what I do when I get stuck at the San Francisco airport because that's you never fair. don't get stuck at the San Francisco airport. It's what happens. Yeah. Um, like I, you don't plan to fly into San Francisco and leave San Francisco at ever times they've given you. You've planned to do it at around the times they've given you. Oh my god, sort of. The last time I flew in there, we flew in and landed. We no, we were like fifteen minutes early. Whatever. They taxied us to what I would call the egress by the pond, where, we, <laughs> where we're sitting there and we're sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and they're like, oh, and I can see the airport literally in the distance. And we're sitting there and the pilot comes over and he goes, and if you look to your right, you'll see a nest of egrets. And I was like, what is happening? Thanks for the entertainment. I'd like to look to my right and see a gate so I can get off this plane. We're right next to the highway. It was almost as bad as the one time when we landed in Seattle. We were coming up from Vancouver. You and I were on that flight together in the Seattle airport. And we like landed out like at the highway and we had to take a bus yeah, like 25 minutes. And I was like, the bus ride was longer than our flight from Vancouver. Um, it was. It, it's what happens though, right? It's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm going to Monterey Motor Week, um, which is Monterey, California. I know it will shock you that it is in Monterey, California. And it is a week of muscle cars and luxury cars and new exotics and old exotics and four by fours and literally everything automotive under the sun, every price point. You've got, you know, super, super multi, multi-million dollar cars there. You've got things that are, you know, normal that people just lent. You want heritage stuff. It's really cool. And it's not just one event one week. There's events the entire week. And Do you have a favorite thing, a favorite event? Because you've been before. Is there a favorite part of it yet? So I really like... Um, the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. That's kind of like, like, okay, don't get me wrong. I love dressing up and the fact that there is usually someone with free champagne on every corner I turn in a hotel or at these events. That is a large plus in my life. However, <laughs> um, I have to be honest that the Motorsports Reunion is pretty much my favorite thing. And it's because it's historic cars driving around Laguna Seca, racing in like little heats. And it's just fun to watch all these old cars. And honestly, like, I kind of love smelling the old fuel. Like, I love the smell. The smell of old fuel in the morning. That's your thing. I I do. It grows hair on my chest and gives me cancer, but I enjoy it. Like, I really, (laughs) I really enjoy watching these cars from like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s like race each other on the track like and, and like, like my favorite is the really down low cars where they've got like the guys wearing the helmets and they're all like six feet tall now and they've got like the helmets on they're a little popped up above there yes like that's just yes. so much fun um 
I really enjoy it. And Laguna Seca, you know, you and I have been on that track. It's a great track. Um, and it's just kind of fun to go out there and watch these old cars race. And it's, you know, I, I know some of the people out there. I mean, we've known people throughout the years who go and race these things. You know, um, Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, will be out there racing this year. Um, he races all around the country all the time. Um, but it's just kind of fun to, like, go and, and see those cars that you don't normally. Like, I can turn the TV every week and see NASCAR and F1. and right. Indy, But this is just something completely different. Um, I really like that. That, that. that makes my heart go pity pat. I really enjoy that. Um, but there's more than just that. And also, so like, it's not just the formal events, right? So if you stay in a hotel, like last year, I stayed at the Intercontinental in downtown Monterey and there were cars up and down the street every night. And you're just like, Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Lamborghini. And Lamborghini was staying there, but it was not yeah. like their Lamborghinis. Like it was other Lamborghinis. And it's just like the whole entire town of Monterey changes and turns into a car show for the week. And if you're a car enthusiast, even if you're not in the market to buy, um, it's just really cool to be around that. It's really cool to be around people who have a passion for it and to be a mm-hmm. part of these little events. And what I like is, yes, there is the Pebble Beach Concours, which is like the height of bougie in the U.S. for car events. Um But then you've got things like this little car show on the side that like anyone can go to. And I love that we have a week in the U.S. that is devoted to the gamut of that, that makes it very accessible for car lovers of all ages to develop their passion and to learn and for parents to bring kids and all that sort of thing. And it's just really cool. Like I really enjoy being out there for it. Um, There's other events that week. So I'll go through kind of Monterey Motor Week. Um, We also I'll be going to the Quail, which I think is a circus, the Quail, comma, a motorsports gathering. Every time we see the quail, though, I'm like, I just want dinner now. I would like some quail for dinner. I, I know it's, it's, it's you know, quail, a motorsports club, as you said, but I, I just like quail. It's what's for dinner is kind of what I think. <laughs> I have never <laughs> eaten quail at the quail, though. Now I strive to. Um, it's called the quail because it's at the Quail Lodge and Golf Club. Um, and they basically take over this huge green area. It's kind of like a garden party without any shade. And you have to dress up. I dress up. I mean, you cocktail dress up, but outdoor cocktail par- garden party dress up. Um, you wear heels but you wear wedges because you don't want to sink into the ground if you're a woman um or if you're a man if you want to wear heels that's fine too just don't sink into the ground but there is no shade and it is traditionally boiling hot um but the cool thing is that a lot of the exotic car makers have decided that they're going to reveal cars there so in addition to being a place where they display cars you're going to see new cars there's new lamborghinis there's there's new bugattis there's all sorts of new stuff coming um and what's i think is really cool is it's it's not big. It's not like when a big car show and there's a ton of people there. Like there's a good amount of people there. Yeah. But also there's a lot of passion when it comes to people who work in the industry that are there. Like you're going to have CEOs and designers there checking each other's stuff out. And as formal as it is, it's still really informal where you can walk from like little booth to little booth and you can grab some champagne because there's free champagne on every corner. As you mentioned. As, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of champagne consumed that week. Um, and I don't really drive that week to be very clear. Like it's just a lot of champagne and walking. Um, but it is... <laughs> But it is just like you just go. And like for me as a journalist, it's really exciting because all these people are there and they all want to talk about their passion. It's not just here's a product. Here's a product. Here's a product. It's let me tell you why this is so cool. And here's, you know, here's the car over here that inspired me to become a designer. Right. And oh, look, by the way, I made this new Lamborghini. And so like to me, that's really cool. It brings out passion more than anything. And I, I the quail is really good for that. When I was there last time, I actually 
physically ran into Aunt Anstead twice outside a bathroom, which I think is a personal record for me. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never physically done that. Um, so that was exciting. Um, but I'm really excited. You know, Go ahead. When you're talking about the passion, it's interesting. So I've been writing for um, Sports Car Market magazine for about a year now, and I do interviews for them. Mm-hmm. I have a monthly column. It's called Driven to Ask. And I'm interviewing all these people that are in some way involved in the sort of collectible car community. And maybe they're an alpha guy that repairs them, or maybe they're someone who leases luxury cars cars or maybe there's someone who you know has it works at a racetrack as a director of operations or whatever but the neat thing that every single one of these people talks about is the community the community of people who are really into cars and not just how much fun it is to be a part of it but that there's a genuineness about it where they want to help each other and they appreciate which what each other have done when things kind of go sideways for a lot of them they seem very supportive of each other so it it's a really neat group of people who are interested in this. And I know that Pebble has the, you know, the, the big bucks fancy, like it's a lot of money at Pebble. It's really high end at Pebble, but a lot of the people who have these cars, someone was talking to me the other day and was talking about one of the best things was seeing people bring cars to an event. And sure. There's a guy who's like, Oh, this is one for my fleet of 500 cars. But then there's a guy who's like, no, this is my one. This is all I have. This one car. This is the one that I always wanted to purchase. And I purchased it and I restored it. And I made it look like this. This, and it took me forever to get here because it was a big expense. There's such a range of people in stories at events like this. It's really, it's neat to see. It's neat to see that kind of passion and enthusiasm for vintage vehicles and for newer vehicles. It's neat to see. I have to tell you, I was speaking to somebody this week and I wish I could remember who it was, but it was somebody who would know. And they were telling me that one year they had a friend who brought their vehicle. I'm not gonna say which vehicle it is because it's it's won awards and it, I, I don't know 100% the backstory is 100% accurate, but it's a cool story. Um, they said that their friend um, had brought their vehicle to Pebble Beach and they were at the bar and they were talking to some people at the bar at Pebble and some guy was complaining about how his car just wasn't gonna be able to be shown. It had been wrecked or something had happened to it and it wasn't gonna be able to be shown. And he was like, oh, well, my car, blah, blah. And the guy turned to him and made him a cash offer for his car. Wow. And he thought to himself, this wow. kind of like, like barn found it, restored it to the point where it was Concord quality. And yeah, which is, you know, that's, that's millions. That's not, that's, that's millions. That is a, that's that's not, a chunk of change. Yeah, that's a yeah. chunk of change. And this guy was like, well, you should just sell it to me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, well, no, I don't want to. And he looked at him and he upped the offer by a significant amount. And this guy was telling me, he goes, it was stupid money. It was stupid because this guy just wanted to have a car to show. And yeah. so he was like, okay. And I said, I said, well, what happened then? Did he just sign it? Like, how did that work? And he goes, well, I don't know the details. I said, did he call his wife and be like, I now have two beach houses in Italy for you. Like, what was that? <laughs> what was that like? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. But it's just so cool. The movers and shakers were there, but also just the enthusiast community. Yeah. And it's just so cool. Being a part of Montanary Motor Week is really special. And I know we've got some other stuff going on. Next week, we've got the Woodward Dream Cruise, which is a different level that's in Detroit. That's much more like local Detroit muscle-based. Um, Dodge will be showing all their new vehicles. Um, there's that going on as well. But there's it's just really cool. Like, it's it's different. And it's it's it really is. It's a thing. Like, it's a whole thing. Like, somebody asked me about, like, well, what about the dresses you were blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's kind of like Downton Abbey, a day at Downton Abbey, but with cars and more modern. Like, I have, you know, a breakfast with somebody I'll have to wear something for. And then I have to go change to go this event. And then I've got a racetrack thing. And then I've got a dinner. And it's like, and then you sweat through everything because it's 90 degrees. And like, <laughs> it is the largest suitcase I pack all year. Um, but then it's exciting because after that, I drive down to Santa Barbara and I meet you. 
and we go do yes. a little drive, but it'll be good. Like it, it's just, it's, it's a really, it's a very, very unique set of circumstances, but the community itself makes it worthwhile. Like that's my it favorite really part. Does. Last year I was at Dawn Patrol, which is when they bring all the vehicles in for Pebble. And it's kind How of, is that? It, it's very cool because it's dark. It's misty. It's gross. Everybody's really hung over from the night before to be a hundred percent honest. And <laughs> there's a group of people that go, you get hats, you get donuts, you get coffee from Haggerty. But I met a guy and I was talking to him. We were just talking about cars, blah, blah, blah. It ends up he owns like 27 dealerships. Wow. But he was there wow. with his son and just sharing the moment with his son. And I didn't know that until cool. the very end when I was like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, what do you do? Um, but it was really cool. And to have that sort of passion and be shared between the generations, no matter how young or old, I just, I absolutely adore it. And also young, young, young little kids wearing fancy pants garden clothes especially oh my God, boys and little, little blazers with their little things the little ties and stuff oh. i'm not i'm you know this i'm not a child person at all i'm not here for children but i find that to be adorable and so yeah can, little kids can, when little kids are all dressed up they're they're just like they're like all puppies then like oh they're so cute yeah if they, <laughs> if they can melt my cold cold heart then i am all for it and honestly the children are some of the most respectful part of it they know not to touch things you can't right. smack the hand of a 50 year old man i mean i could but like <laughs> and i'd be willing yeah, to exactly. but you Don't can't do that. that yeah um but it's really cool it's really cool to see the, see the generations fostering that love of vehicles especially as we move through this new era when it becomes electrification and it becomes right. you know, a whole different thing um, but it's really cool. So I'm looking forward to going to that. So that's that. Why don't we, uh, we'll come back with scorecard. We'll talk thumbs up, okay. thumbs down on some things and, uh, then we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back with our last segment, something new we're calling Scorecard. And I am Eileen. I'm going to ask Nicole, I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to give me a thumbs up okay. or thumbs down. And I'm going to okay. agree or disagree with you. And then we can discuss it. We can be very, very like the debate that we did on the podcast. Okay, be, let's discuss it. Let's argue. Right, ready? Let's go. Let's, Bring it. I, I don't want to argue, mom. I just want to be nice. Be nice. Okay. Well, I, I have opinions. All right. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Only eating at rest stops on a road trip. Only eating at rest stops? No. Thumbs down. But, but they have Sabaro at rest stops. Again, thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> I think record, he's I just don't like giving me, that supports my position. <laughs> that supports what I'm saying. Not against it. Definitely thumbs down. No, you got, I like the feasting on asphalt thing where you find places that are off the beaten path. And unless you're like, somehow, I don't know, you're doing a timed rally and you're trying to get someplace super fast, stop at weird places. Don't stop at rest stops and eat the normal stuff. Get something fun and different and interesting. Get off the highway, find a diner, find a donut shop that opens earlier. And, <laughs> then 10 <you> yeah. <laughs> no, I do feel like that's, that's 100%. Like, like, do you remember in Cars, the animated Pixar movie where they yeah. had where they had like Route 66 was dying because like people were yes. on the highway. And like, I feel like if like go patronize those small towns go spend your money locally like like i feel like not only do you make a difference but also you get to learn about the culture of the places you're going and really experience things and you can get in and out of a locally owned restaurant in 30 minutes with your family for just as cheap as perhaps if you go to mcdonald's 
Yes, they're cheap and the food is better. And people are really nice. You do get neat stories. And especially if you're really, truly traveling through and you kind of want to see stuff along the way, you will find more about what to stop and see in the area than you're in by going to a local diner, a local coffee shop, a local restaurant, someplace local, than you will in any guidebook anywhere. Because they'll tell you where the cool stuff is that didn't make the guidebook. And also, and because we haven't mentioned it this episode, they will also tell you where the best pie is. We, the places you and I have gone because people say this is where you go to get pie or get cake or whatever. That's where we find it is we find it at the local establishments and yes. along the way. And that's, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. I like, I like buying small and buying locally. I think that's really important. Yes. I think it's really fun to do that when you're on a road trip. It gives you more, it makes the road trip more interesting. I agree. All right. Saranac Lake, thumbs up or thumbs down? Saranac Lake. I'm going to say thumbs down because you didn't call it Lake Saranac and I like that better. No, I like, <laughs> I like, I do like it. I think Saranac Lake is lovely. It was a beautiful area. Lots of, lots to see and do. There's a little wander through shops and see the downtown. There's lots of nature stuff. And if you just want to drive around and sort of get lost on purpose and see what you see, I thought it was a beautiful area. Yeah. The Adirondacks are absolutely underrated. I don't want Americans to rush there and overpopulate but I do enjoy the Adirondacks and it is somewhere where you can hike and hike and see things but you can also just slow down and enjoy lake life and I think that's a lot of that's what I love what I like about there is it's 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 kind of choose your own adventure in a very relaxed setting that doesn't feel formulaic like you you and I both go to towns where like oh this is a tourist trap but like, right. nothing up there quite feels like a tourist trap I mean Lake Placid is going to feel a little bit like that because it's got kitschy Olympic stuff but like still like you can go up to the Adirondacks and it's still an authentic experience for the region yeah. and it's got something to really really like about yeah it's a nice area I would go back I like it okay bringing back old names for new vehicles thumbs up or thumbs down um, I uh, I can I do a thumbs sideways like I'm indifferent I don't I don't think it's a great idea I don't think it's I mean, when you bring back a vehicle that kind of like disappeared 10 or 15 years ago, you're like, oh, it's the new Bronco. We brought it back. Or, oh, the Grand Wagoneer. We brought it back. I'm cool. But like bringing back something really old just to say like, hey, we renewed this name. I don't know. I guess it's cool to the enthusiasts to remember it. But I think only only works for certain vehicles. There's some vehicles that like most people, the name doesn't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how effective it is in, in reigniting the passion of old I think about that like we have the Toyota Crown where we talked about how that was like 15 generations. Now overseas it's been something else and it's always been around and that's that kind of I get that. But when in their press releases they were like, well, it was it left the US in 1972 and I was like, and no one has considered it since. Like it was just like, I'm right. like I get them relating it back and I get why we now still have it, especially it being brought back to the American market, but I'm just like I don't think the average person cares. Yeah, I don't think that, I mean, like I said, Bronco, that was an exception. That was a name that, that was a different kind of vehicle. That's the, the big one I think of recently that they brought back. That makes a big deal. Even And like Jeep with a Grand Wagoneer, that was a big thing. People loved that vehicle. It had a really hardcore audience and it's not, it, if people were passionate about it once upon a time, sure. If it was just like an also ran once upon a time, don't do it. So do we bring back the name Edsel at some point or do we just let Edsel? Oh my God. I feel like that would be hilarious. I think that would be amazing. Can you imagine if they made some really, really, really super duper amazing, fantastical, cool car and called it the Edsel? Who would not want to see that car? You would have to see it. You'd be like, oh my gosh, they brought an Edsel back? That would be kind of cool. We're going to talk a little bit next week about the Edsel and a little bit about Edsel Ford because um, I just found some really cool stuff about him, um, actually, and why Edsel should not be a bad word anymore. But it is still kind of like a bad word. And like, it's one of those things. So like, there is a generation, like, I think after you and I that doesn't have a clue. 
And I also, no what, kids I, are named Ezra these days. I knew about it even before. Like, I just heard of it even when I wasn't doing, I wasn't involved in automotive the way I am now. I feel like it's, I don't know. But yeah, the, the further that goes into history, the less people are going to have a single clue what Edsel was. I think it would be fun to bring it back. It's, and of course, it's something totally new and different. And that would be kind of fun. What if they did like the GT successor, but all electric and some, even if it was just a show car, like just something absolutely opulent and yeah. so cool be the Ford Edsel. Even if it's like, right. just, just to bring it back to say, we've done something really freaking cool with it. And yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna that do, would be amazing. Like that to take a car to, to do even like a one-off, to do one-off and make it this incredible showcase vehicle. And like we called it the Edsel. Everyone like, wow, okay. It's come a long way. That would be neat. I think that'd be kind of cool. I have no problem with that one. See, certain cars it works, certain cars it doesn't. Even okay. cars that were miserable failures, it could still work. <laughs> okay, so thumbs up, thumbs down, introducing kids to classic cars. Oh, thumbs up. I think it's cool to say, if, you're, if your passion is classic cars, if you like classic cars, if it's something that warms your heart and you're interested in it and you love it, share it with your kids. Because I think parents should share whatever they love with their kids because it creates moments. And they might not end up liking classic cars. They might not give two wits about it by the time they're 16 or 17. But you're creating memories with them. And if you create those memories through classic cars, then do it. I think it's really cool, too. Like, I remember as a kid, like, being excited to be the one to unplug my dad's Volkswagen Rabbit from the wall. Like, I remember being yeah. the one to help change the oil. And, like, those things we don't necessarily do anymore. But there's other ways to foster that. And I, I think fostering a love of motorsports and a, lo- a, a love of cars is very important. And I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 I would great. say that even if I wasn't in this job. Like, I think it's important for people to find things between generations that you can bond with. And I think cars is one of them. Obviously, golf is another. Um, but, like, <laughs> like, I think cars is a really cool thing. And I think that it's it's not it's much more female friendly than it used to be. Like you and I oh, go to a car show and, and I don't feel that sexism that I used to. I think the, this new generation, especially Radwood and what Radwood has brought to the table in terms of 80s and 90s cars that are, it's a totally different thing and it should be, it should be an unintimidating experience and just all be about love and passion and education. Agreed. And, and I, I think, think more and more it is. And I yeah. think the more people who are interested and the more you bring in the younger generations into it, the more it becomes something that everybody enjoys. And I don't care who you are, what you are, what you like, what you don't like, enjoy it. Find your find. If you find something that stirs your soul within automotive, go for it. Absolutely. And one last one, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, wearing a robe in a hotel room. Not your own robe, a robe that was provided by the hotel. Oh, yes. Yes, you are. A fr- you are, That was like an enthusiastic yes. I like, well, it depends on some of the robes are like they're like when they're like just like Jersey cottony material. But when they're big, poofy robes, like the poofy, poofy ones that sort of have the fleecy lined interior. I had a robe once that had a hood. I mean, a hood like, like a little kid's bathtub robe. Yeah. But an adult version. Uh, it was that. But it was for grownups. Like if it hadn't been, you know, six hundred dollars at the front desk, I would have stolen it. It was amazing. <laughs> so like, like it was really cool. So I yes, I am I am pro robe hotel, especially if I'm on vacation. Because then if I just put on the robe in the morning and I lounge and drink my coffee, I feel like I'm a lounging boy. I got a robe. I can't actually get dressed. I have a robe. I'll just sit here and drink my coffee. I, I can appreciate that. I was never a robe person. And um, then I started ironing more in my hotel room and I, I put it on for safety's sake. And then oh, I would geez. just end up leaving it on. 
<laughs> and um, I'm becoming more and more a robe in a hotel person. I will say this. I have been in a number of hotel rooms where I am freezing in the middle of the night. And I yes. can put a robe on and then sleep underneath the covers in the robe because I do have yes, I have slept in a robe or two because they're one they're just nice and they make you feel warm and cozy. If you don't have warm if you didn't bring warm, cozy stuff to sleep in and it turns out that you're like you said, your hotel room is a meat locker, a robe is a perfect substitute. <laughs> and usually if you have two, you can put one on and then you can put your covers on and then pull the other one up. And yes. use that as a blanket as well, which tells you, unfortunately, how many hotel rooms you and I have both stayed in. That you're exactly, not exactly. That we have a plan for this. Yes, yes. All right. Well, that's all we have for Scorecard this week. And that's all we have for Fast Women this week. So that's we'll, it. We're done. Yeah, we'll come back. Our next episode, believe it or not, is episode 20. 20? 20. We'll have done this 20 times. Wow. We'll have to think that's of something big and exciting. What's that? We'll have to think of something big and exciting to do. Exciting. We should make cake. I'll make cake. I mean, you Ooh. can't have any, but I'll make a cake. Oh. You're not here. Fly to New Hampshire. I, I'll be flying a multitude of other places. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire's not on my radar. All right. So when we come back, it'll be episode 20. In the meantime, follow us at, at Fast Women pa Show. At Fast Women Show. To follow the Fast Women Podcast. Uh, wherever you follow social media, get a behind the scenes look at what Nicole and I are doing during the week and before we record our shows. And we will talk to you next time on episode 20. Bye. Bye. Bye.